Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. There's so many CEOs, leaders, creatives that I work with that their joy has burned out, that that initial passion and fire that consumed them initially now has waned. And there is just this lifeless in their eyes of now having to maintain the likes and maintain the approval and now get it in a new museum or now get their product in a new store. And they've got to keep growing and scaling to maintain the profitability for this growth that they've built in infrastructure. Now we've got to now create more of a margin in our bottom line. All of that joy is lost when our soul takes over control. And let me just say, many have posed that leadership is stressful. It's just life. And it's, that's just how it is. I want to dismantle that belief. All of life is what you show up with the core belief of how you see the situation. If your soul is in control and I feel like I have to make it happen, or I made this happen. Either way, that is a dangerous place to be because now your circumstances predict how you feel about yourself. I want to start by saying I applaud you. Every leader knows that feeling that it comes down at the end of the day. It's not about money. It's not about status and upper echelons. It's actually about time. Learning to steward your time and what you invest in and what you say no to is the greatest discerner of how far you will get. The determining factor for most leaders is not the education you have or the people that you hang out with. It's actually the mundane habits and routines that you pick up of how you steward your inner world, which then translates in how you steward your external world. There are people who are in obscurity that nobody knows who they are and they are billionaires. There are people who are celebrities and they are broke as a joke. Leadership is not about how well known you are, how much money you have, how much fame you have. It's about doing the inner discipline. So you create a culture and an ecosystem where health lives around you. And now you replicate that in those you lead, influence, and all customer-facing employees. There's a world around you that you get to shape and influence as a leader. You can do that with intentionality. You can do that with a heart to serve. But if you're not putting the oxygen mask on your own face, you will continue to run into burnout. Burnout is the number one killer of joy, vision, mental health issues, career sabotage, and pivoting out of something that maybe it's taken you 30 years to be in that you can't do it, you can't stomach one more day. It may not actually be that the career is a bad match. Might it be possible that by not stewarding our inner world, we've created a classical conditioning association of associating your career, your work, your family with what's causing your stress. And if that's the belief, then we will naturally leave the job, quit the career, quit the family, you know, leave the spouse. We'll change our external circumstance instead of addressing the internal world that we've been neglecting for years. So again, let me start today by applauding you. 
for being the kind of person who invests the time into being a healthy leader. We can do that at the mindset level. We can read books. We can go to retreats. We can do the great work, but it's actually not until you do the internal board meeting and start upgrading your software and your hard drive. The unconscious mind is running in the background, auto-populating reactions, internal vows and judgments, beliefs are running in the background outside of your awareness, and you are totally blind to its impact on your soul and thus its impact on the world around you. We need to not only be people who are reading and upgrading our software of conscious awareness and making those habits and disciplines regular routine, we need to now be applying a lifestyle of stepping back from the hurried pace of life to realign our inner world as leaders with intentionality so that you thrive and in right alignment. Think of it like your brain communicating through your spinal cord, which is your central nervous system, now communicating to your peripheral nervous system, enabling you to pick up a cup or write in a book. That brain execution has to communicate through that spinal cord in order to get to the peripheral nerves and enable your muscles and your skeletal system to execute that original command. But when we're out of alignment, think of it like you have a pinched nerve, like you have vertebrae, they're out of alignment, you have a bulging disc or even a severed spinal cord. In that, you can see that the signal may be sent but it's not being executed and the delivery is cut short. Many leaders have vision, have passion that they started with, and yet 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, we hate our lives, we want to run away to the Bahamas, and we fantasize about a future in retirement instead of recognizing where we are ruling and reigning in authority with power and influence right here and right now. When we're finding ourselves fantasizing about the good old days or about the future days, the glory days when I'm going to be retired and golf all day, then I know I'm not truly present right now. And that's a marker, a potential marker of burnout. Burnout means you are running from your soul and your soul is weary and exhausted. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the wrong things in life. Many people, again, they want to change their external circumstances. They want to get rid of the spouse and the kids and send them off to boarding school and military school or get them to college just a couple more years, or you want to get rid of all your executive team. Any of those strategies may seem like the rescue, and it may bring temporary relief. But if we don't upgrade the hard drive of the unconscious mind of where we are out of alignment, then we will continue to eliminate all these areas of life that should be places that we are bringing joy and energy and vision. When we are in right alignment, we live from joy and peace and love. We have creative brilliance that comes out of us. We have kindness and goodness and faithfulness. We're gentle 
and we're able to walk in self-control. But when our soul is leading, like when that bulging disc is shutting down that signal of living from your spirit or your true self, then your soul, and you and I recognize it all too well, it relies on calories, on food and caffeine and people's approval and acceptance. We need people to applaud us and tell us what a great job and agree with us. We need to be in control and we don't like the curveballs and we don't like the unexpected because there's this illusion that if I'm in control, then everything's going to be okay. And let me reiterate, it is an illusion. And the research in mental health consistently shows one of the biggest predictors of a mental health episode is the illusion of control finally being popped. Whether it's in a trauma state anxiety, panic attacks, phobias, major depression, many precursor situations can boil down to one factor where your soul realizes I'm not in control. And when we realize we're not in control, the soul doubles down. It wants more control. We become more critical, more micromanaging. We become more overbearing and talk over people and solve and fix all their problems because we want everything to be okay. And many times we take that same intensity of trying to solve and fix that we do at work back at home. And you may be on accident driving your family crazy because you're always in control. You're always giving advice. It may be helpful. It may be good intentions, but are you slowing down to truly hear, to be invited into their story and hear their emotional experience of what they're describing? Or are you just launching in to share your wisdom because you don't want them to feel pain or hurt or go through a disappointment. And so you're going to rescue and solve and fix. All of that is evidence of a soul that is leading. Now, the one thing that I would say, be aware of in burnout, it can all be boiled down to one thing. Who is in control? If my soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions, if my soul is in control, I am out of alignment because my soul is not self-generating. My soul is a finite being that has to use caloric energy and dopamine reward pathway, immediate gratification, accomplishments, approval, acceptance, food. Some people it's uh, narcotics or wine or pain pills or just vegging in front of TV or porn. All of these things are attempts to try to fuel the soul. And so the body will then start creating habits that before we know it, we become enslaved to because the soul needs something to fill it because it's not self-generating. While your spirit or your true self is made to connect with your life source. When you lead from your spirit, that's the essence of who you are. That's you and your most bold, brave, innovative, creative version of you. It's also the moment that when you're in the shower and really creative ideas start coming and you're like, why does it always happen when I don't have a pen and a computer near me? Or when you're driving down the road and you know that feeling when your arm is out the window and you're just like super chill, that would be a moment that you could recognize leading from your spirit or your true self. You have a spirit man. 
And your spirit is your true self. And it's made to connect and link up with the Holy Spirit. And you have direct access to all wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, power, and authority for every single situation at home, at work, in your community, and in your personal life. And yet, me, as much as anybody else, I go on autopilot. I run my day thinking, what's my to-do list? How am I going to figure this out? What's next? How do I triage this situation? Everything is based on my thoughts, my emotions, my willpower and energy driving me through that day. But the inverse, when I can step back and say, hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say about this? Hey, Lord, I surrender control of this situation. How do you want to lead on this? Hey, God, I want to invite your partnership. What's your wisdom? What's your intel on this situation? As someone who is getting over my own control issues and still a work in progress, I've learned to recognize when I'm out of alignment, I'm hurried, I'm busy, I'm multitasking. I may look like I'm listening, but yet the brain keeps thinking and we try to not do it, but our family members, our loved ones can recognize it. We think we're better at hiding our multitasking brain, functioning, percolating about all the problem solving better than we actually are. We're not actually hiding it from them and they feel very undervalued when we're still thinking about work at home. As someone who is learning to still release control, it is a process. So don't be hard on yourself. Don't have unrealistic expectations that you're going to hear this once and be able to apply it. High achievers out there, hearing this once does not make a habit. <laughs> but we can practice. And an easy thing that I've found is just internally doing a readjustment realigning my inner world and saying, thank you, soul. I appreciate your feedback. I thank you for wanting to help and solve this soul. And I picture it like I'm opening these doors and these two bodyguards I'm inviting to step back. I reject the lie and belief that I'm inferior, that I need to solve this, that if I don't do it, no one else will. I reject the fear and belief of things being out of control and soul step back. And all in my imagination, just visualize peeling these layers back, inviting these two parts of my soul to stand down. And I'm inviting my spirit man forward to take point. That if there was intel, I don't want it coming from my wisdom, my knowledge and understanding, because it's not that great. I'm a normal human compared to almighty God, omniscient, beautiful, enchanting, wise, and powerful. And I could get intel from the guy who knows what the future is, who knows the strategy on how to get there, who has all the resources and the wisdom on how to apply that which is around me. There's so many times that I'm like, I need to do this and this and this. And my to-do list is a mile long, just like yours. And then I've learned to step back, say, soul, step back, Holy Spirit, talk to my spirit. What's the wisdom on this to-do list? Is there anything that needs to be removed, changed, revised? Is there anything that needs to be prioritized that I haven't been prioritizing? Hey, Lord, what's your intel on this? 
What's your strategy here? My spirit coming forward and I picture my spirit submitting under the Holy Spirit as if there's this plug that I'm tapping in to almighty wisdom. And then brilliant things will come out of your mouth and my mouth when we're connecting. You don't have to be the smartest, the most educated, the most qualified according to human standards. You just need to say, I'm here, I'm available. And Lord, what do you want to say or do in this situation? Father, we have this IRS bill that just came, or we have this review edit that needs to come. Lord, how do you want to do this revamp of the website? How do you want to deal with this difficult employee and this harassment issue that I wasn't even there? So I don't know how to handle it. Lord, how do you want to help me with a rebellious teenager at home that I don't know how to steward that situation and keep peace with my spouse? Hey, Lord, I don't know how to even want to connect with my spouse again. How do I do that? Would you give me wisdom and intel on how to walk in a, your peace and your strategy in this situation? Hey, God, we're starting to outgrow our current circumstance and situation. What would you say would be a practical, wise next step for scaling our business up or scaling our business down? Lord, is there any ego or pride or control that my soul is getting in the way and severing that spinal connection from head down to execution? Are there areas of my life that are blind spots that I'm not recognizing that you would love to invest in me so that we clear those out and I get to continue walking in authority, ruling and reigning where I'm planted with joy, with peace, with excitement, instead of drudgery and mundane and self-pity of feeling like I hate my life. Why do I have to keep doing this? There's so many CEOs, leaders, creatives that I work with that their joy has burned out that that initial passion and fire that consumed them initially now has waned. And there is just this lifeless in their eyes of now having to maintain the likes and maintain the approval and now get it in a new museum or now get their product in a new store. And they've got to keep growing and scaling to maintain the profitability for this growth that they've built in infrastructure. Now we've got to now create more of a margin in our bottom line. All of that joy is lost when our soul takes over control. And let me just say, many have posed that leadership is stressful. It's just life. And it's, that's just how it is. I want to dismantle that belief. All of life is what you show up with. The core belief of how you see the situation. If your soul is in control and I feel like I have to make it happen or I made this happen. Either way, that is a dangerous place to be because now your circumstances predict how you feel about yourself. On the other side, when your spirit man is connected to the Holy Spirit, you are constantly plugged into a life source that you don't have to generate. That food, calories, wine, pain pills, uh, flirting with people, all of these things are no longer needed. Because now your soul is filled up. 
You are in right alignment when you're leading from your spirit, when your soul is submitted under your spirit, and when your body is submitted under your soul. Then it's like you're plugged in and there's this cascading river of living water, literally from the throne room, that's just filling you up. It is a supernatural reality that by faith, you pull off that lid of your heart, pull off the lid of your head, and you focus on this perfect love, this river of living water filling you up. And what you do is you do it throughout the day, not just once and then six months later go, oh yeah, I should probably ask God for some help or I should pray about that. Now, let me say, very rarely do I have Charlton Heston in my head telling me what to do when I ask. But I've asked, and now by faith, I believe he's going to respond, meaning I might come across an e-course. I might have a conversation and something kind of resonates. I might have a quiet time and a thought just pops in my mind. I might go on a walk and all of a sudden strategy kind of unfolds that I could take credit for. But I asked the Lord, and so now it's going to come in all these diverse and interesting ways. You could be reading something and it just pop off the page at you. Very rarely is it, you know, the 10 point next strategy, but you'll get that next clue in the treasure hunt. And as long as you keep remembering throughout the day, because it is, you know, adjustment throughout the day of saying soul step back, release control, surrender control, spirit man come forward. God, I bet you have a really great strategy to help me in this situation. So I want to give you a couple examples. I worked with Bob and he's a brilliant CEO. He's a founder of his organization. He's scaled very large now, and it's quite an impressive multi-prong industry. He's also a husband, a father, and now a grandfather. And Bob loves his family. And he loves to invest in the next generation. And he is used to having an eight command charge personality. He's brilliant and wise, and he's a, a lot of experience. And so what he's found is his team will come to him, his kids will come to him, his grandkids will come to him, and he'll dispense all this wisdom. And it wasn't until one of our conversations that he realized how much unconscious pressure he was feeling in each of those situations because he's a good man and he doesn't want to lead people astray. And he's got kids that are now dealing with stuff at school that he can't even fathom how they're going to navigate that. It's so different from the world in which he grew up. So Bob is trying to figure out how do I lead all of these team members coming to me, my wife, my kids, grown kids, now grandkids coming to me. And we talked about, Bob, if that's starting to burn you out, one, that's great that you love all of these people so much, but why are they constantly coming to you? And why do you feel the pressure to be the one who holds all the answers for their lives? What if we start empowering you to empower them to hear the Holy Spirit for themselves? And he said, well, you know, I grew them up to go to church and know and love God and tithe and all of these things, but I'd never really thought about that. That wasn't something he grew up with, so he didn't know how to offer that. 
He grew up in an alcoholic family where his parents were pretty preoccupied and his dad was constantly searching for jobs and there was a lot of uh, life influx. And so he learned to be self-sufficient. Bob learned to be strong, reliable, durable, resilient, and he learned to hunker down and work hard and figure things out on his own. He has a very real relationship with the Lord, but he also has very serious episodes of burnout and depression because he didn't know how to steward how much anxiety he was unconsciously feeling by having to always be in control. Having to be the person who figures it out and at the end of the day, feeling the weight of that responsibility. Can any of you resonate? Even if your story is not the exact same, maybe there's areas where you feel like you love people and situations so much that you want to do it the right way. And so you jump in to rescue, to save, to fix, to give the advice and the counsel and it's heavy. And at the end of that conversation, it's kind of like, oh, feeling the weight of that. So we worked with Bob. Bob learned from a young age, again, automaticity, something he wasn't even aware he was doing. It was unconscious. His little kid's soul believed a lie that no one else will do it. I have to do it. So to love someone is to overcompensate from what I had of kind of neglectful pull yourself up by your bootstraps, figure it out on your own. He now learned to really be invested, really care, take tons of time and energy, which was a good motivation. But because it was led from his soul, he was exhausted. He felt this driving anxiety to be perfect and not let anyone down. Can you resonate? Can you see that in yourself, this fear of letting people down, whether employees or family or customers or social service areas, whatever in your world that you're like, I don't want to let people down because you're a good person and a good leader. But in that space, be aware, am I generating the energy to do that good goal through my soul or through my spirit? Your soul will work really, really, really hard and you'll get depleted while your spirit stays connected to the Holy Spirit and you get to hand that burden back to him. So what I've learned is I listen as someone's talking. I'm totally paying attention while in my heart, I ask the Holy Spirit, hey, Lord, what's your wisdom on this? Hey, God, what are you doing in their life? How do you want to connect them with your voice so they learn how to start hearing you for themselves? Lord, what's the third option here? This person's telling me a double bind where they're, you know, kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't, pardon the expression. But what's your third option? What is your wisdom, your counsel? What's your situation variable that we're not recognizing? What's power? What's discernment in this situation? This person is asking me. And so, Father God, I want to honor their request by bringing it to you in my heart and asking you. Now, initially, that is totally appropriate for me to now open my mouth and share it with them. But over time, if you want to start developing your team, your family member, you also want to now equip them to say, okay, now let's hear together. The first few times, I'm happy to hear and share what I'm sensing. 
But now I'm actually wanting to equip you to believe you're capable of making good decisions, that you have the same access to wisdom and knowledge and understanding that I do, that I'm not the be all end all best source of doling out wisdom and counsel that I want to empower and equip you and you recognize that you are smart, intelligent, capable, that you have what it takes. And by not staying up here as the person who gives advice, I'm now coming underneath and helping them recognize they're a powerful, influential, capable person who can hear from their spirit as well. So now you teach them and you say, okay, now let's take a minute. Let's be silent. Let's thank our soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. Thank you. I know you have an agenda. You have a lot to say. And over time, Bob learned how to do it for himself to ask the Holy Spirit, God, what would you say right now? My grandchild is going through this situation. My adult child starting to raise their own family is going through this. Lord, what would you say in this situation? What's your counsel? My employees are dealing with this. My customers are bringing this feedback to our corporation. What would you direct us to do? What is wisdom in this situation? Over time, Bob realized that he started to feel more relaxed and at ease. He was actually able to enjoy his Thursday afternoon golf game and not be guilty and ruminating about not being at work and working, you know, 60 hour weeks. He was now able to truly go with the ebbs and the flow of working and resting, working and resting. He was able to follow the cadence of the Holy Spirit, no longer the God of his own life having to, which he didn't realize, right? No, you and I wouldn't realize we're doing that, nor did he until he realized the contrast that as long as he was in control, leading his own life, although he was praying, he was still unconsciously fortified, protecting himself and his loved ones from ever experiencing pain and failure like he had felt growing up. And so he was so protecting that he was actually on accident becoming his own God, which was exhausting him and leading to health conditions and mental health, as well as burnout in his career because his soul was depleted. When we did this one shift, Bob started to love his work again. He started to empower his team and help them learn in an appropriate way in a professional setting, right? He started to just teach them, hey, just invite the control part of you to step back and let's invite this creative, brilliant part of you to step forward. And now let's be silent until creative ideas start to flow. Now, at first, his team kicked back and they were like, that's ridiculous and a waste of time. But because he's the authority and the CEO, he kind of got away with it. And he said, hey, guys, it's something I've been trying with my leadership coach. Would you just trust me? And so over time, and we started to invest in him and his team and do some retreats and some one-on-ones. And before he realized it, now he started recognizing the strength and the caliber of his own team. That before he knew they were high caliber, that he knew they were high capacity, he hired them. But he didn't recognize how much he was actually holding them back because he was talking more than 30% of the board meetings. 
And when he learned how to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? How to listen with intentionality. Now he had a whole new perspective that God had actually been bringing key, beautiful, brilliant, capable people into his life that over time he felt so confident that he was really able to start traveling, having trips with his family, enjoying quality of life instead of being a slave to this business. His children got a different version of him because he looked at them with eyes that conveyed, I believe you're capable. I know that I have wisdom, but so do you. And let's hear together how to unlock and capture that wisdom for your situation in your life right now. He was able to empathize and listen to his wife when for 27 years she had been telling him, I am tired of you fixing and solving. I just want you to listen. Anybody heard that feedback? I just want you to listen. But love to him meant solving and fixing because that was his childhood protection mechanism, right? I'm going to overcompensate by saying, I love you means I'm going to rescue you, fix and solve. So you never go through pain because he went through pain and he knew what that felt like. And so he was trying to buffer and protect everyone else. But anything that's running in the unconscious mind, it's not helpful. It's not present and it's not led by the spirit. So it could be good, but it's not the right thing for right now. When he slowed down and he started listening to his wife while internally saying, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to hear this? Holy Spirit, what's your truth in this situation? Holy Spirit, how would you like me to honor the gift of trust that she just shared this story with me? Holy Spirit, I'm getting distracted and I'm starting to get tired and lost in the point of her six hour narrative. No, I'm just kidding. But Lord, would you give me the grace to honor what she's saying to truly hear her and bring out the gold in her. And when he did, his marriage thrived. They had a good marriage. They were not on the brink of divorce or anything. But finally, his wife felt seen and known and cherished instead of fixed and solved like another employee at his major corporation. And now his kids felt honored and recognized. He started to relate with his children as peers rather than him as the patriarch constantly handing down wisdom and counsel. He saw their own confidence, their relationship with their spouse and their parenting start to come from a more centered and healthy, grounded place. And then he started to see his grandkids learning to apply that in situations where the kids at school and the teachers were still doing egregious things, but they learned how to steward themselves from their spirit, connecting with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond to this teacher? What would life be to respond to this bully or this kid or this uh, curriculum that I'm being exposed to? How do you want me to steward this? Because the ultimate sign of a leader is not that you are the pinnacle and the top of the pyramid. The ultimate virtue of the best leadership is when we can step back and we've created something that can now live and be sustainable without us running the show. If you've created a world that you're the epicenter and if you're removed, everything falls apart, you're not actually a legacy leader.
If you create something that now has infrastructure and legs and people are empowered and they're collaborating, they know their role and their significance and their ability to connect with their creative brilliance on the inside. Now there is something that will live beyond you. You and I have short lifespans compared to the epic amount of time on the earth. And what we want to do is use that time wisely and strategically, not to build our own kingdom, to build our own little empire where you're at the top and you've done this great job leading and look at this huge world that you've influenced. What you want to do is say, how can I use my sphere of influence to now empower and equip and bring people up where they see themselves as capable and competent, empowered leaders that now can change their sphere of influence. And then the ripple effect now has a legacy effect that's global and transforming rather than regional where you get to be the epicenter. May this be a time where you recognize where am I out of alignment? We have other videos that will reference more on that, but just the summary is think of your brain and like your spirit man. And then you have that spinal cord representing that connection in your soul. And when the soul disconnects and it takes over control, it is now like the administrative assistant taking over control and your spirit man or your CEO is routed cut off from communication and the rest of the body is now trying to figure it out based on administrative assistant intel versus true intel that's wise and discerning and understanding about trends for the future rather than just the immediate administrative level of knowledge. There's a completely different task level for a CEO or a C-suite level of information compared to what your admin is running and aware of. You want to start recognizing when am I leading from my soul, which is just the here and now, right now information. When am I leading from my spirit or true self? Then I'm connected. I have wisdom and intel. I have constant joy and grace and laughter and capacity. And now I unburden. The yoke is easy. The burden is light because I'm not having to carry it for everyone. And to wrap up with Bob's story, not only did he create legacy leadership in his corporation, eventually getting to exit and empower his replacement team and empower his wife, his children, his grandchildren. He also, his blood pressure, his anxiety and depression started to dissipate to the point that the doctor thought he was doing, you know, major dieting or something, or he had quit his job. The only factor was that internal alignment of handing that stress, that chronic unconscious pressure of burnout by taking that off and saying, I'm not responsible for this. I am not the God. I don't have to be in control. I can show up. I can co-rule and reign. I have a level of authority and position to steward here, but I am not the God of this universe, this corporation this marriage, this family, I get to co-labor. Holy Spirit, how do you want to do this today? This is a friendship. It's a collaboration. And the more that you engage from your spirit, you are full 
your emotions are stabilized, your thoughts are clear and organized, and you'll find that it's easier not to fall for those old self-sabotaging habits that tend to get us in trouble. May this be the season that you become a legacy leader by living from alignment, your spirit man leading, your soul learning to step back, give information, but not be the one in control so that you can get the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of the mind of Christ that gives you wisdom, knowledge, understanding, power, and discernment, authority to walk things out in your situation right where you're called. I have so much respect for you for taking the time to invest in yourself through this e-course. There are more videos. I hope you stay for all of them. And we would also love the opportunity to visit with you and your team as Crawford Clinics offers leadership consulting, all the coaching needs for your organization and individually for you and your team to learn how to walk in right alignment as healthy legacy leaders. I am invested in you and I'm so applauding you for doing this e-course.